I've learned one massively important lesson from all of it. And almost every year since that date, I've gone into some level of anaphylaxis, okay. which is that I can, I cannot stay in a state of fear. Right. Right. I have to do something because yeah. at any point in time, every day when I go outside for my workout, every day that I show up to work, there's the possibility that my environment will kill me. Right. Right. And I think that's true for everybody, right? Like we get smacked yeah. by a bus tomorrow. Like we could just not wake up one morning and it, it could be it. Yeah. I just think I've been lucky enough to have that awakening multiple times in my life. And it's such a motivator. And it's so true when I hear my mentors talk to me through our RTA calls and they say, look, man, like life happens for you, not to you. Yeah. And on that mission statement, like I, if there was anything to ever get tattooed across my chest, I think that would be my life's motto. What's going on, guys? It's Eric Allen, owner of Top Rated MMA and The Eric Allen Show. Wanted to tell you about the sponsor of this episode, Podcorn. I was actually referred to Podcorn by some great friends of mine, so I had to go check this out because they said that they actually earned money through their podcast using Podcorn. And here it is. Podcorn is this marketplace for podcasters to connect with sponsor opportunities so you can actually monetize your podcast. You don't have to have this large podcast. You can browse through all these different sponsorship opportunities and find the ones that really match what you're into. You can do mid-roll, you can do pre-roll, you can do interview spots with that opportunity. You can also do product review and connect with them and there's no middleman. You're actually working directly with the sponsors that you're trying to work with. A very simple process to submit. They are there to make sure that you are compensated for the work that you do. They're like hiring somebody to do the dirty work for you, but you don't have to pay them. They actually pay you to work with awesome sponsors. You can't go wrong with Podcorn. Alex, you're an entrepreneur. You're the CEO and founder of Hidden Falls Media, investor, public speaker, also guitar player, and then part of Arte Syndicate, man. Congratulations on that, which is just totally awesome. And thank you for your time, man. Of course, dude. I'm super happy to be here, Eric. This is going to be a blast. Let's let's bring some value. For sure, man. I like to start off by going back a bit, man. Where'd you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Um, yeah, man. For a while, I was uh, living the single parent life. Okay. Um, after that, went off to college. Well, I guess let, let me back up. Before that, I wanted to go to school for CGI and oh, doing yeah. like uh, movie computer generate, generated imaging. And I was told by my girlfriend at the time, I was told by my grandparents and my mom, like, hey, like, you know, no type of thing. <laughs> like, 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 like that, that it's, it's art, right? Like yeah. at some point, like you're not going to really get a job. It's not really anything for you inside of the digital sphere. Like, you know, you really need to go into the sciences and into, you know, medicine because it's, you're good at science, you're good at math, you can read pretty well and you'll, you'll, you'll do okay. Yeah. So I got off, I went up to Ohio State for it, got my degrees in psychology and neuroscience, and I came into the real world and there was nothing for me. So, <laughs> but my, sen my senior year of college, like I was saying beforehand, I had a near death experience and it kind of shook me a little bit as far as like questioning who I am, what I wanted, um, and really kind of put me on a different path. And at that point in time, I started seeking out mentors. And I started trying to find people that were going to pull me in a direction that I wanted to go. I knew I wasn't destined to live an average life. I've always kind of despised the idea of being in the middle. If I'm going to do something, I either want to really suck at it or be really, really good at it. Yeah. So it means I'm at a good spot to where I can either teach or I can continue to learn. But being stuck in the middle is never a place I liked to be. So a buddy of mine introduced me to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And in that time frame, I met somebody that owned a flotation therapy tank company. 
and they were just getting started off. I got hired there after a few experiences of floating because I practically begged the guy to give me a job uh, because <laughs> it was the awesome. closest it was the closest thing I'd found to that near death experience again and trying to resolve some of that just emotional trauma and just kind of living in that state yeah. really helped me flesh a lot of that out and work through that. So helped him for about 18, 19 months, built him up from practically a very, very, very early on brick and mortar store to having multiple locations uh, and getting him an evaluation of over 2.2 mil on his business. Nice. And I was still making minimum wage. Oh, geez. So yeah, and I was doing all the digital marketing. And that's really where I started to learn about digital marketing and what was going on between the psychology and the neuroscience of consumer behavior and how that applied to digital marketing. And in that two and a half, three year window, I really became a student of a field called neuromarketing. And yeah. neuromarketing uses psychological and neuroscience principles on top of fMRI in the EEG research to look at consumer behavior and see how it applies online as well. Mm. So I got super deep into that field. And when I started up my agency, before I started, I was kind of looking around like, huh, nobody's really doing this. <laughs> like yeah. I'm really, yeah, like I'm really the only one around here. There's a few in Portugal. There's a few in Spain and a little and like one or two in China, but that's about it. And when I was looking at the US market, I was like, man, like they're the market's demanding something than something more than just the person that knows how to run Facebook ads. They're demanding totally. more than the Google agency. They're demanding that it have a comprehensive strategy for it. And one of the holes in the marketplace that I saw specifically with and within an agency or within a partnership program was marketing agencies are really, really good at shining the light outward, but where they drop the ball is when that light reflects backwards with all the sales or attention that they bring a business, it highlights all the holes inside of a business, Yeah. right? If your supply chain sucks, it's going to highlight that. If your customer acquisition costs are ridiculously high, it's going to highlight that, right? And what I found was that we needed to elevate with having business developers inside of our marketing agency. So I, as we're focusing on shining that light inward to bring them back, our business developers are helping them truly develop a sustainable model in the process. So we really try to take that overall business growth strategy, which is what marketing should be, right? right. To grow a business, help you elevate your brand and really drive you forward. But you can't do that if you've got holes in your boat that are leaking and you're caking on water. So in a quick, dirty, two and a half, three minute uh, bio summary. That's really kind of how I got here. I've been playing guitar for about 15 years. I'm self-taught, never on. had a lesson besides me and some buddies, like just picking up stuff like, Hey, like I learned this cool thing on YouTube. All right, cool. I learned this little riff and we can <laughs> do this fun stuff. And it just kind of grew from there. And I, I love it. That's man. Thank you so much for sharing that story. That's unbelievable how you got to where you're at. Uh, and I'm curious, like, you know, when you went from that paid employee where you were getting a paycheck to employer and entrepreneur, like, and then kind of lost that guaranteed paycheck, what was that feeling and experience like? You know, I was listening to what, well, let me talk about what really kind of pushed me over the edge. It was, yeah, I was listening to Andy Fursella on the MF CEO project. Yeah. Um, he was talking in one of the episodes with Vaughn about how even if you're working at McDonald's, making minimum wage, dipping fries into the oil, you got to be the best damn fry maker that that McDonald's has ever seen. And that resonated with me so much because I felt like I was constantly going above and beyond the call of duty for my position. I was managing two brick and mortar locations. I had a team of nine girls underneath me 
that were making the same wage I was, and I was doing all the digital marketing while managing both locations. Wow. I was like, fuck, like, this is just not, this isn't it, man. Like, yeah. if this is what the real world is, and even though I was only there two years, like, you know, it's still, there's a kick in the nuts every day to know that I was pouring my heart and soul into something and not seeing the return. Yeah. And after listening to Andy, and then I got turned on to Ed from him was, you know, there's a lot more out there. If I already kind of have that mindset of I'm willing to go out and put in the work, knowing that the returns will come long term, even if I don't see them immediately, that there's something better for me out there. And I knew I had a skill set. I knew the market really needed it. But I started out with no clients. I had less than $200 in my bank account. I had a girlfriend and a mom that were overly supportive. And she's still my girlfriend to this day, five and a half years strong. Come on. And yeah, man. And it's been, it's been night and day. Like when I first started, I couldn't afford ClickFunnels. Right. Yeah. Like, like ClickFunnels was $97 a month. And I'm like, okay, I have two months. <laughs> right. And Zapier is $10 a month, which for those of you that don't know, it's like the back end glue of all these online applications. And that's $10. I was like, all right, like we got to really... We got to make this thing hit right out of the gate. So I worked and busted my ass for the last three and a half years to build it up. January 1 of 2021, we celebrated our three-year mark. Come on, man. Yeah. That is awesome, dude. So Such totally a cool bootstrap, no, no investment, all from nothing. And I mean, looking at your website and I mean, the clients that you've been able to bring in, you're, you're doing an amazing job, man. So I just want to give you props for that, man. I think Thank it you. just looks like a stellar company. Um you know, and it always kind of an interesting thing, like, you know, you kind of talked about this near death experience. And I was looking through your Instagram and, and it looked like and maybe it's a different incident. But in September of 2019, you thought you were having a heart attack. And then you were in the hospital. And that was a different one. Was that different? Okay, I was gonna ask, yeah. like, did all this happen after uh, you were at that place? And you were trying to go on as an entrepreneur? Or what caused all that health? Yeah, issues, man? So so the first near-death experience I had, I was a senior in college and that I went into anaphylaxis uh, when I was at a Starbucks with a bandmate. So okay. I was walking there. I started, I'd never had it before. I'd never have, I, even now I still don't have seasonal allergies, wow. uh, but it's an unknown airborne allergy for me here in Ohio. And it just, it hits me in the spring and fall. There's something in the air. And the first time it hit me, it hit me super hard because I, I didn't know how to prepare. I didn't have anything for it. I didn't have an EpiPen. I didn't even have Benadryl in my closet. Wow. So walking there, I started feeling scratch, started feeling itch. And even like in between my ass, like I was like, damn, like this is just like, something's going on. And I get to Starbucks and I'm starting to like get blood running out of my nose. Like my eyes are starting to puff out. Like, oh my and gosh. my bandmates look at me like, holy shit, dude, like we gotta, we gotta do something with you. So yeah. they take me back to their apartment. She and, uh, she and her sister lived literally right next to Wexner medical center. And we get up to her apartment and she was like, you know, do we think we need to go to the hospital? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on. She was like, it looks like it's an allergic reaction. I'm like, well, I haven't eaten anything today. All I did was walk here this morning. Yeah, this is happening. And before we could even get Benadryl, I mean, it was lights out. I'm hitting the floor face first and just gone. So oh they said gosh. it was about two and a half minutes of just no breathing, no heartbeat, just done. So the EMTs got me from the third floor, pulled me down in the side of there. They got me up and moving and right into the hospital. Wow. And then back in September of 2019, um, I got home from a networking event and that was that uh, weird heart thing that had happened okay. totally out of nowhere. I mean, dude, I run crazy amount of miles. I've been done 75 hard three times. I'm on my third round now. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm 
didn't used to be healthy. I've gone through a massive weight loss journey from almost 300 pounds down to about 207, 208 right now. Come on. So I understand Dude, awesome. that. The, yeah, but I was like, all right, like maybe it was part of that past health issue, right? That kind of transferred over. Yeah. And all the cardiologists and doctors are like, we have no idea. We have no idea what caused <laughs> it. We have no idea that it's showing that you have all the enzymes that a heart attack could happen. But when we look at your EKG, there was no sign of one. Yeah. Wow. So it was, i still have no idea. They have no idea what caused it. It's just totally random, but what? I've, yeah. I've learned one massively important lesson from all of it. And almost every year since that date, I've gone into some level of anaphylaxis, okay. which is that I can, I cannot stay in a state of fear. Right. Right. I have to do something because yeah. at any point in time, every day, when I go outside for my workout, every day that I show up to work, there's the possibility that my environment will kill me. Right. Right. And I think that's true for everybody, right? Like we get smacked yeah. by a bus tomorrow. Like we could just not wake up one morning and it, it could be it. Yeah. I just think I've been lucky enough to have that awakening multiple times in my life. And it's such a motivator. And it's so true when I hear my mentors talk to me through our RTA calls and they say, look, man, like life happens for you, not to you. Yeah. And on that mission statement, like I, if there was anything to ever get tattooed across my chest, I think that would be my life's motto. Man, I'm there with you, dude. I actually had that on my wall. I just laser engraved it onto a big log piece that I that yeah. I just did. But uh, <laughs> man, I'm a huge fan of that. And, and uh, Ed Milet in general, man, is a huge, huge virtual mentor of mine for sure, man. But, you know, there's all these platforms out there right now that are blowing up Clubhouse. You know, you and I, we connected through that and it, it it is like very addicting. It's the crack house, right? I mean, I'm loved it, loving it and been able to book a ton of podcast guests and me get on podcasts recently. But how are you utilizing Clubhouse and where do you see this platform going, man? I love it. And I'm right there with you. It's a crack house for me too. I keep coming back for more and more hits of it, trying to see what the next room's going to hold and what the opportunities are. Yeah, it, It's early adoption, man. It's every, I was on a call the other day and I got lucky enough to get pinged up by Gary Vee. Come on. And I, I was talking about it to people inside of Arte. I wasn't following his content for almost eight to like six to eight months. I hadn't listened to a single episode of his. I unfollowed him on IG for a while. I like I got I got him out of my system for a bit because he's he's a lot of like, huh, right in one <laughs> totally. episode. So <laughs> totally. I, I had to take a little like, de like detox from him. Yeah. And I popped into a room and we were going over a business like I raised my hand totally popped in within two seconds. He ping me up and I started asking a question. I'm like, holy shit, like talk about the universe and fate, right? So yeah. I get in there and our conversations around growing a business and what this looks like from an agency side, he was like, man, like an agency life is hard, but you have to understand that there's people around you and people in places that intervene at all these different times that are here to serve you. And he was like, I look at Clubhouse in that way, the same way I looked at TikTok or the same way I looked at Twitter back in the early days. Yeah. Twitter in the early days was a very, very positive and influential platform. And it wasn't until a few years later that it started to degrade and really go downhill. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, it happened on Facebook and it's going to happen on TikTok. It happened on Snapchat, right? Like there's just this natural human muddling that happens with these platforms and that there's a Goldilocks zone that we're kind of in and starting right now. Yeah. So he says how, and looking back at all this content that I've consumed and everybody else that's a social media influencer of their own right.
they all say there's that early adoption window and then they're able to ping pong that attention from platform to platform afterwards. So I think it's an incredible starting gate opportunity for a lot of the entrepreneurs that took 2020 and really put their head down, hit the grindstone and just went full throttle. Those are the ones that even when they're carrying that momentum into Clubhouse and into 21, these are going to be the businesses that grow and scale online the fastest because they're putting in the work now when the early adoption matters. So how we're going to utilize it internally, I'm hosting rooms on a multitude of different topics, anything from neuromarketing to digital standard digital marketing to like ad creation, copy, website design. We're going to talk about mindset and we're going to just talk about life in general and just how to just live the best life for you. So the hidden element of what we're going to start doing is because we have a podcast as well, yeah. we're going to start doing closed rooms with our podcast guests. So we're going to have them come in. We're going to have them get into inside the clubhouse. The first 20 minutes, which uh, is going to be filling the room with people as you and I would be talking, you know, having our traditional podcast. And then for the last five to 10 minutes, we're going to kick it over for open forum q and I'm still trying to figure out all the tech that I need to be able to like plug into the computer and the phone and get everything hooked. Yeah. So we can record the audio on here as well. Okay. Dude, that's killer, man. Uh, I love that the secret rooms and podcast and being able to do that part of it. And in fact, I, yeah. I was going to ask you next, man, is, is, you know, you do have this awesome podcast. It's called the hidden falls media experience, man. It is really a great show. So people need to go check Thank that you. out for sure. Uh, but I always curious, like me being a podcaster in 2020, I released 100 episodes between my two shows, man. It was just a busy Let's go. Yeah, dude. So, you know, my goal is to release two week for the entire year, except for I'll take the week of Christmas off, you know, so, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, with your podcast, why did you decide to start that thing? And, and who, who would appeal to your show, man? Like what kind of listeners are you looking for? Yeah, yeah, man. Our audience is a lot of digital marketers. It's a lot of business owners and it's a lot of high performers. Yeah. Uh, we we're starting to go deeper and I'm uh, recording a series now specifically on the topics of neuromarketing so we can kind of release them in batches. Yeah. But primarily up until this point, we've had a lot of really, really high performers and CEOs on there nice. and ranging from topics of people that have gone straight from prison all the way up to running and building six figure businesses. We've had people that have built and sold seven and eight figure businesses on there. We've had people that understand guerrilla marketing like no other that have built incredible brands using some of these old school marketing tactics, but looking at how to apply them online through different creative ways. It's, it's been incredible. And I, the real reason I wanted to start this was I saw such a horrible use of social media across what it could be and what it's supposed to be. And I saw so many of even the clients that we started to work with before we started to work with them even use them in the wrong way of constantly pitching sales, constantly pitching, Hey, like buy my stuff, buy my shit. It's like, no, like this is yeah. not what this is. Yep. Yes. It's okay to pitch every once in a while, but it's like salt in a dish, man. Like a little pinch of it's good, but you put a whole <laughs> container in there, dog, and you're going to ruin everything. So totally. <laughs> one of the things that we do, like we don't run ads or we don't sell anything on our podcast. It's simply there to provide value. It's a value channel for all of our clients and all of our prospective clients too, that want to come in and just get to know us. I mean, what an incredible way for somebody to get to know, like, and trust you right off the bat after listening to an episode with somebody that they find valuable, yeah. right? It's a lot of brand positioning and awareness on top of delivering value after value for people. So good, dude. I'm such, I'm fascinated by people's stories and podcasting, man. And, you know, when I launched my podcast in 2017, the top rated May one, 
Uh, I did almost the first hundred episodes in a walk-in closet. Had no idea what I was doing. Wasn't staring at a camera, you know, like horrible microphone. Now I'm in a room and I got lights and all that fun stuff, but you know, slowly built that over. But yeah, man, it's, it's, it's taken me three years to really like get into it. And now I'm like, I'm fascinated by podcasts and how people do that and how they're connecting with the people. And so, and by far listening to your show, it's very well done, man. So just want to give you props on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I wanted to transition to just a couple of fun <laughs> questions before we leave you play guitar. I'm a huge music guy. Used to work for universal records way back in oh, the cool. day there, but uh, who's a favorite band for you or do you have a favorite type of music you like to listen to? Yeah, I love post hardcore music. Okay. So that like 2010 to 2012 Vans Warped Tour lineup type of thing is yeah. totally my jam. Uh, favorite band I've got, I, because I'm deep into the guitar scene, I, I don't like just heavy, just right. I like when there's actually like heavy, like great melody and riff kind of run through everything. So I love bands like Dance Gavin Dance, Hail the Sun. There's an amazing, a few amazing guitarists that I absolutely am head over heels for. The, uh, one of them's based out of Australia. His name's Pliny, which I highly recommend if you're into music, you go check him out. Do you know who yeah. Steve Vai is? Yeah. Yeah. Steve Vai named him the only hope for guitarists moving out of 2019 and forward. Come on. Yeah. So he's really cool. He's got okay. an amazing cast that he plays with. Um, there's another guy too named um, Intervals, which is he's based out of the United States. Same type of thing. It's all instrumental. Yeah. Uh, bands like Chon, I'm all over them. So, okay. you know, I, I like a little bit of scream. I like a little bit of melody. It, it's all got to blend and have its place. And I love when it's really well done and not just kind of tossed in and everything's overlapping. I like when they use they use the voice as an instrument more than it's actually there to be like words a lot yep. of times. So, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Back in the day, man, I, I actually saw Lincoln park for 10 bucks at the oh, show box in Seattle, man. And it didn't even sell out. There was like maybe 200 people there. This was in 2000 and I had just moved to Seattle. I saw this ad for Lincoln park for 10 bucks and I'd heard of them because I used to work at a CD record shop and I was like, Oh, that band's coming. Let's go check them out. And then the next time I saw them, they were playing at the Seahawks stadium with 30,000 people, man, opening for Metallica at this big old tour, man. It was wild. Was that like a hybrid theory? Yeah, way back oh, in the day. Yep. Yeah. It was there. It was actually or, or, their first was that getting national into like tour. Uh, no, it was the it was the high. Uh, no, it was a hybrid theory. It was there. It was their very first national tour they'd ever nice. done. And uh, actually, the guy I don't know the, his name. It's the shorter guy with the goatee that's brown hair. But <clears throat> I think he was their new bassist. But he had puked on stage because he was. They said, "Man, oh, this is his first time touring with us too." And so, like, he's so nervous, he's puking. <laughs> the on nerves stage. got to him. Oh, that's totally awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, it was wild, man. It was such a great show. Last question for you. Yeah. What are you most proud of, man? Oh man. I'm proud of the mindset shift that's happened in me. Yeah. Um, you know, I had every circumstance growing up not to be successful and even have the mindset of somebody that struggles with a lot of depression and anxiety a lot of the times. And even still, I'm proud of the fact that I'm surrounding myself with the people who want me to succeed. I'm proud of the fact that I've taken that mindset from what I've learned inside of Arate and really allowed that to form me during my formative years. I think everybody believes in, we, we each have our own system of beliefs and kind of habits that we form, especially when we're at the age of like 18 to 30 is really when a lot of these take place, that's going to set you up for your future. Yep. And I think what I'm most proud of is that I, 
I looked at people around me as to where they were in their life and what they said they wish they would have done, which was take their 20s and really built the foundation for the rest of their life in a different way. So I'm really proud of the fact that I took my 20s, built, started to build a company for me, for the people around me, for my family, for legacy, and that I'm taking the principles that I'm learning inside of Arate and crafting a force for good in my local community and with what my business is going to become. Man, I love it, dude. Man, so good, dude. There's so much good information on this, man. I thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your story, dude. You're an absolute world changer, brother. And uh, this was an awesome, awesome conversation, man. Thank you for taking the time. I so appreciate it. Of course, Eric, man. I was proud to be here, happy to be here. And I look forward to chatting with you again. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. If it brought you any value, please leave a rating and review below. Please go subscribe to our podcast, all of our channels on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Rumble. Look, we're on all the formats. We want to continue to grow the show and continue to bring you value. So thank you for the support. I really appreciate it. Have an awesome day.